Okay, so let's look at our dilemma of the week. So, uh, one second, let's unmute um, um, everybody for now, and then you, you can unmute for any questions. Okay, so the there is a tradition in some shuls to auction the aliyahs, the call-ups, and all the honors of the week. This is not something that I would ever do in, our, in my shul, it's not our style, but many shuls do it to, to raise money for the shul, it's understandable. We all need creative ways to bring in a bit of income. So some shuls, before the Torah reading stop, and, uh, and the gabai, someone goes up on the bima and s- says, okay, we're auctioning the first Aliyah Cohen, who wants it? And people bid by twitching their nose or putting their hand up, and that they bid $5, $10, $20, $50. When there are special Aliyahs, it could go for more, $500, who knows what, like it could be, be expensive. And it's a way of raising money for the shul. So there was one guy in a shul in Israel who had a particular custom that on the parasha of this week, Nosoi, it has the blessing of the Kohanim, the Birkas Kohanim, the priestly blessing. Uh, the blessing that the Kohanim give. It's in the Torah, the mitzvah of giving the blessing in this week's parsha. So he wanted to be called up always for that particular call up, the fifth call up of the parsha of Nosai. Uh, he had a, a sentimental reason why. He wasn't a Kohen, but his grandfather was on his mother's side. And so he, by being called up to, to that particular Aliyah, that call up, he felt a connection to his grandfather hearing the, the priestly blessing that he used to hear from his grandfather. So every year he would buy that uh, for 50 shekels or something. It, it didn't go for all that much because no one else had that particular sentimental you know, attachment to that aliyah. So it's not something that was really competed with. So every year he would buy it. Anyway, one year it happened that the auction was happening and our friend was a bit spaced out at the time. It's hard to imagine how somebody could be spaced out in shul, but he, 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 he wasn't concentrating. And so the, the, the auction went and he suddenly, hang on a minute, did you auction off the Kohen Aliyah? You know, the one, the priestly blessing. I said, yeah, yeah, so-and-so bought it. And he said, what? Uh, I always get it. He said, well, why didn't you bid? He said, I didn't realize. So he went over to the guy and he said, listen, I, I have a really, really special connection to this call up. I get it every single year. Um, can, can I have it? Can I buy it off you? He, he, he bought it. This guy bought it for 50 shekels. Can, can I have it? Uh, I'll pay you the 50 shekels. And the guy says, sure, you can have it. For 500 shekels. Okay. Um, is that okay? Can, can, can he on-sell the Aliyah for 10 times what he paid? Acceptable or not acceptable? Anyone? Anyone? Any problem? Any problem with it? Is it considered a business transaction? Well, 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 yeah. Yeah, selling something. Selling something. On Shabbos. Well, it was auctioned. Yeah. Any other problem? Ah, uh, yeah, there is. There is. Because the actual, I think I remember you telling me once, you can even talk business on Shabbos, but you can't actually price something and, and uh, uh, actually make a, even if you say pay me after Shabbos, if you negotiate the actual price for it, that's what's uh, prohibited. Okay, well here, he bought it, here, he bought it for, um, for um, 50 shekels. The first guy bought it for 50 shekels, right? So that, that was acceptable. He, he, he set a price. We've auctioned it in shul. 
So now he's just on selling it. He's doing the same thing, just another step. Like, it, why should it be any different? It, it, se- it seems it wouldn't be an issue. Let's even put aside Shabbos for a minute. Can you sell such a thing? Can, can you sell an honor in shul? Can, can, you've given a, a donation to the shul, basically. That's, this, this is, a, this is a, a fundraising thing that the shul does. And so can I on-sell that? What, what if I, I do that regularly? Like I, I buy all the aliyahs and then, and then sell them off to people who, 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 who didn't bid. Um, what if a, a shul has an event, an exclusive event with a big speaker and, you know, you have to pay so-and-so amount of dollars to get into it and I buy up all the places and then sell them on to people who, who didn't get a, a spot for the price? Can, can I do that? Can, can you make money off the the shul's uh, charity auction that that itself is, is is the question here so it's actually been dealt with uh a couple of times and obviously with different opinions one one opinion in halacha says what's the issue person a bought the aliyah for 50 shekels it's his aliyah now it's his right it's his honor person b wants that honor very very much and so he says, I'll sell it to you for 500. What's the issue? He's bought it. He's, he's selling it on. The shul is getting the same 50 shekels that they got in the first place when person A bought the honor. And so why, they're not losing anything. The shul's losing nothing. So why shouldn't he be able to sell something that he has acquired fair and square? It's his to, to pass it on. And if he's making money on, on, out of it, very good. That's one opinion. Another opinion says, No that you can't make money out of charity. You can't, you can't utilize what a charity is doing and, 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 uh, and make a profit off it. Sell that to the shluchim. Oh, so, you, so you're saying if I am a representative of a charity ch- collecting money, I, I'm, I'm taking a cut. I'm making money off the charity. Well, not really. There, there I'm, I'm saying that I'm doing this job that you wouldn't, be doing. I'm I'm going out to Australia to collect money for for a yeshiva in Israel, so I need to pay, be paid for my my job, my work for it. Whereas here, the guy's sitting in shul doing nothing. All he did is bought the aliyah for fifty shekels. Now he wants to profit from it because somebody else really wanted that aliyah. That what 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 gain are you giving the shul by by on selling it? Nothing at all. You're just profiting from from what the shul is doing. So. So that would not be acceptable. That's that's another opinion. So one opinion says you bought it fair and square, you can sell it as you wish. The other opinion says you can't profit off a charity. You're you're not you're not doing anything. You're not you're not adding anything to it. And so you could say that both opinions are actually true. Technically, you could do this. There's actually nothing technically wrong with doing it. I've I bought a right and I'm selling a right, but. It, it doesn't pass the sniff test, you know, it, it's not, it's not acceptable practice. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not the right thing to do to be profiting off, off a charity. Um, and so therefore, Rabbi, yeah, yeah, oh, so go on. You, you, I was just going to say, it, it feels a little bit like ticket scalping. Right. And I guess that one could argue that the person who's, I mean, this is obviously putting it completely in a business context, but the person who buys the, the Aliyah with the hopes of on-selling it is taking a risk that he can't on-sell it. So he's going to be left with an Aliyah. Okay, he'll get, he'll get the Aliyah if he uses it, but he's potentially 
he's bought the Naliyah, if he if he had the intention to on-sell it, he's taking a risk. He's bearing the risk, and the shul could potentially not have received any any bids on that Aliyah had he not bought that with the intention of trying to make a profit on it. So there is a potential benefit for the shul, shul there. But if if in this case the person bought it without the intention of on-selling it, that's obviously a different different situation. Yeah, okay. I, I see that. I see that. Um, but generally speaking, when you buy an aliyah, um, you can give it to somebody to honor somebody else. The, the shul definitely was not expecting that somebody's buying it to scalp it at the back of the shul. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see, I can see what, you, what you're saying. One way maybe we could reconcile uh, this is to say that maybe the profit that he makes off it should be shared with the shul. Because you can't say that when he buys the right for the aliyah, you can't say that therefore this is something that's totally his now. It's still the shul honoring him by calling him up to the Torah. The shul is still participating in, in the honor that he's getting. What he's bought is he's bought the right to either take himself or give to somebody else the honor of being called up to the Torah. But he's doing that in partnership with the shul, who is then calling the person up to the Torah and giving them the, 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 the call up. Only because there's a shul that has a minion that is reading the Torah can, can this honor happen. Without the shul happening, he has nothing, right? So, you know, now when we've been in lockdown, if you sell aliyahs from last week when the shul was closed, <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. You can, you can only have an aliyah when the shul is open. So you can't, you can't take the profits all for yourself when you're on selling this. The shul is also participating in this, even after it's been sold to you. It's not like a piece of property that you've taken home and the shul has nothing to do with it anymore. It's an honor in the shul service, which the shul is participating in. Therefore, if you're going to unsell it, you still should be sharing the profits with the shul. So if he wants to sell it on for 500 shekels after buying it only for 50, because this other guy has such a, a sentimental connection to this call up that he really honestly wants it so desperately, it should be half-half with the shul. This is based actually on Shulchan Aruch. The code of Jewish law does say that if you're my representative going shopping for me, I give you a certain amount of money to buy something that has a set value. And the shopkeeper gives you an added gift. He sells you the product and he gives you a gift for being his his customer. That gift you should at the very least share with me because the gift was given for for the person buying the product. I bought the product, you just represented for me. And because you didn't get me a good price, it was nothing to do with that, it was a set price. So therefore, you should at the very least share with me the, the, the gift. Uh, so too here, that if this guy on-sells the aliyah and makes money out of it, the shul should at least share in that profit because the shul is, is the one who is actually giving the honor. As far as the Shabbos question, so that's a separate thing. How can you do a business deal on Shabbos? Here you've got two people sitting in shul selling something on Shabbos. Uh, and that, is, that itself should be prohibited. So the argument against that would be, well, hang on a minute. The shul itself is doing a sale on Shabbos, an auction. Why can't you do an auction on Shabbos? You, you, you can't generally do an auction. You can't auction off a house on Shabbos. You can't, you can't do a business deal in the back of shul to buy and sell something, even if nothing actually changes hands. If you make an agreement on Shabbos that after Shabbos, I'm going to pay you and you're going to, you can't do that. Um, even if you say nisht of Shabbos garet, which in Yiddish means we're not talking on Shabbos, uh, if by saying that doesn't change anything if you actually make the, the deal. So how can we have auctions in shuls on Shabbos, which are done all around the world? How, how can you do such a thing? 
So the, the simple answer to that is, that auction is a charity auction. It's the shul raising money for tzedakah, for the shul, to, for the upkeep of the shul. It's not, a, it's not a, a normal business transaction. It's people giving donations to the shul. And that you're allowed to do, even specifying amounts you're allowed to do on Shabbos. You're allowed to say, I'm going to give a $50, 50 shekel donation to the shul. You can say that on Shabbos. Even using the words $50, you, you can do. Some shuls have the custom of not saying the word dollars in order to not, look like a market in a weekday. So, so they say 50 mitzvahs or 50 chalas. Um, but you can, in theory, you could even mention the dollar amount. It's, it's okay because it's going to a charity. You can pledge to charity on Shabbos. Uh, that, that is completely fine. It's a, for a mitzvah. It's for, for communal good. Therefore, the auction is okay on Shabbos, but the on-selling is not okay on Shabbos. Because the guy on selling it to the next guy, that's pure commerce. That's, that's him making money. That's, that's not uh, raising money for the shul. That is doing business on Shabbos. So therefore, that side of things is certainly problematic to do that on Shabbos. So if it was done already, if the deal was made, so after the fact, so at the very least, the profits should be shared with the shul. But really, such a deal should not be made in the first place on Shabbos. And what... What he should have done, what the guy should have done is passed on the honor to the guy who wanted it. He could, he could take payment for it. He could take the 50 shekels back from, from him after Shabbos, but he shouldn't be making money for himself on Shabbos. That's for sure. All right, guys, any comments? I've got one question. Yeah. Is that then to be extrapolated because i can't see how but is that then to be extrapolated to understand that you just cannot make money on shabbos uh what do you mean make money on shabbos actively or passively A even actively let's say the children's counselors for sure okay they're working on shabbos getting paid for that okay so so any any time when somebody's doing Permissible work on Shabbos. In other words, what they're doing is permissible. Looking after kids is permissible. That, that's fine. Um, being a rabbi of a shul, a chazan in a shul, uh, cleaning a shul also. There's permissible ways of cleaning on Shabbos. Anytime somebody does work on Shabbos, they cannot be paid specifically for Shabbos work. They can be paid for their week's work that includes work on Shabbos. So, for example, uh, the kids program people. Maybe, maybe their work is only on Shabbos. They're only coming in and doing it. There's no kids program during the week. But they are being paid not just for the work on Shabbos, but for the preparation they do during the week of all the activities that they're going to do with the kids on Shabbos. They're being paid a package, a week package. Every week, this is what you get for your preparation and for the actual execution of it on Shabbos. That's, that's permissible because it's called Havla. It's being swallowed up in a week's wages. Same with a cleaner. If you have a cleaner that comes during the week once and they come on Shabbos as well. So then you can pay them, this is the week wages that includes what, what they're doing on Shabbos. That would be fine. What you can't do is say, you work for, for me from three to five on Shabbos. Here's the, here's the money for that, for that. And if a cleaner doesn't come during the week, if, if, if a cleaner only comes on Shabbos? So then you would, you would have to somehow find that they prepare for, your, for the cleaning on Shabbos. In other words, maybe the, maybe the skills that they uh, 